Good evening, Merry Christmas, and welcome to another episode of The Shot Callers. This is episode 2, December 25th, 2020, and I have with me two special guests that have been sort of clamoring to come on this podcast for a very long time. Uh, On my video (laughs) left, we've got Kyle Flick. Say what's up to the people, Kyle. What's up? What's going on, guys? And then bottom center, we've got Robin Sahota. Say what's up to the people, Robin. What's up, people? And so we have a full slate of NBA action. We got the Mavericks in action, the Lakers in action, the Bucks, the Warriors, Pelicans, Heat, Clippers, Nuggets, and the Celtics and the Nets. But before we get started on going in-depth on each of those games and what you guys thought were the most interesting, I wanted the people to know what you liked the most about the NBA or when you guys became fans or just give us a little bit of backstory about you guys. Uh, Uh, Kyle, go ahead and go first. Yeah, uh, I got into the NBA around 2011, which was when I was in seventh grade. Uh, I joined my middle school basketball team, uh, and that was the year Derrick Rose won MVP and the Dallas Mavericks won their first uh, championship. Some terrific timing there, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, And obviously, I'm in the Dallas area, so uh, they're my favorite team. Derrick Rose is my favorite player. That's also when Carmelo was doing really well on the Knicks. Uh, I think he just moved over. And he's also uh, one of my favorite players of all time. So uh, that's how that's when I got into the NBA. What about you, Robin? Uh, so for me, it's been really, no matter what I'm going through in life, good or bad, I feel like basketball is always there. Kind of like an escape from your real life. You just watch so many different teams play. Um. First, it was really Kobe. Kobe made me play for high school and middle school, but I always loved Dirk. And then watching it in 2011, I felt like was kind of crazy to me how he kind of wanted on his own in a way, other than other people who joined other teams. So it's kind of just stuck around and been my favorite sport to watch. Yeah, man, I can definitely uh, relate to that. And I remember, you know, even way back then, when it was like 2007, 2008 after the Mavericks lost in 2006, and just being, literally playing pickup basketball in the street with my friend Nelson. I was like, Nelson, how awesome would it be if the Mavericks won a championship? It didn't seem possible, like, whatsoever. And then, <laughs> you know, just the, the love of the sport grows and grows and grows. So, uh, nice uh, inspiration there, Kyle. Carmelo Anthony, I'm surprised yeah. you don't have cornrows like Kawhi Leonard did for uh, <laughs> for Carmelo, too. Uh, yeah, uh, I never had my hair braided, but uh, whenever I played basketball, I just... I try to mimic him, like especially like his pull-up jumper, uh, his, just his form. And I also tried to mimic uh, Derrick Rose a lot, uh, just because I'm kind of short and I played point guard, so mm-hmm. I li- I looked up to him a lot. I didn't I didn't model myself after Dirk, even though he's like you know top one or two of my favorite players, just because he's like so big and so unique, such a unicorn. So, who's your uh, Robin? Who's your favorite player that's currently in the league? Currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luca. Luca. Oh, good choice. Good choice. All right. So I promise, guys, Luca. this is not just a Mavericks podcast. Let's go ahead and get yes. started. On the, uh, let's go ahead and get started on the full slate of NBA games. Uh, first thing I did when I woke up is I woke up at ten o'clock, brushed my teeth, got all ready, got some breakfast food going, and I was sitting down, ready to watch the Miami Heat uh, versus the New Orleans Pelicans. And man, seeing Zion and and Duncan Robinson like going crazy, man, it was yeah. it was so fun to watch. What jumped out to you guys? What was the first the thing that sticks out to you in your mind from today's games that y'all liked, that y'all watched? It could, it could be any game, but for me, I'm, I'm thinking about the Miami Heat. What about you guys? Uh, Go Rob- first, Kyle. 
Okay. Uh, well, with the Miami New Orleans game, uh, New Orleans looked really good. You know, we kind of, I kind of thought that there would be some fitment issues with that team, like uh, maybe not enough shooters and then uh, not enough uh, floor, floor spacing with Zion and Steven Adams. But they seem to work really well together. Um, uh, New Orleans had the lead for most of the first half, and then in the second half, you know, uh, Duncan Robinson, you know, went went crazy, hit a lot of threes. And, yeah. Uh, uh, a, a really good team effort from Miami to bring it back and showing us why, you know, they went to the finals last year. So. Well, even without Jimmy Butler, and so not to cut you off, uh-huh. but I thought that was a terrific showing. I thought that Steven Adams with Zion Williamson was, you know, going to be – uh, a problem initially, but uh, Zion is so quick, so athletic. Like he will get around one or two dudes. It doesn't matter if the extra guy from Steven Adams is there. If he's healthy, this is the first time we're going to have seen him in full conditioning uh, at you know the best that he's looked as far as his body goes going into the mm-hmm. season. And so I think that there is enough there to uh, you know not have that matter as much. Kind of like when Russell Westbrook, who can't shoot very well from three either. Uh, has, mm-hmm. he's got defenders all over the lane. He can just drive right by him with athletic, with athleticism. Zion is just punching dudes in the face with his shoulders. Like that dude is so huge. He's like a bowling ball mm-hmm. with lightning yeah. with the <laughs> quickness of a lightning strike. Like he is insane. And so as far as that game goes, uh, I didn't give you guys much of a of a premise of it, but it was super close to start until Miami did pull away. Jimmy Butler did leave the game at halftime with ankle soreness or ankle tightness, and that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that might be attributed back to the final when somebody landed on his foot uh, and so I wonder if yeah. it'll have lasting effects but um, I was really impressed with Lonzo Ball man like his shot uh, was originally as they might have mentioned this on the broadcast too he used to pull it up from the side of his hip and it's, yeah. it's coming more yeah. from his belly button kind of area and he's just slinging it I think he was two for four from three tonight and it was looking terrific uh, rocketing some terrific passes all around the court uh, he tossed it off to Ingram for a high percentage corner three because he was open and he had been making them. But he said Ingram is a more prolific scorer. Let him shoot. He got the long rebound. It went right back to him and he lobbed it right back in for Zion. And then Zion missed the the lob, but Zion can jump three times before regular dudes jump twice. So he got the rebound yeah. and laid it yeah. right back in. So that was that was amazing. Uh, what do you got to say about uh about what you saw today, uh, Robin? We like Kyle, Kyle. Uh, two things. One from each team, actually, for Miami and New Orleans. I feel like Zion can be one of those people who can take over with the free throws. Like, he can get as many free throws as he wants oh. to. Like, James Harden, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like D Wade in the 2006 finals. We mm-hmm. talk about those people who they can really take over a game without actually taking over, just getting foul calls and going to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I feel like Zion brought them kind of back a little bit close, not too close, just by the free throws. Like, yes, exactly. He no, can knock right. them down. He's pretty consistent at him, so that's a good thing for New Orleans to look for. Uh, for Miami, kind of an overreaction, but I still think they're the team to beat in the East. Um, I think if Jimmy Butler gets healthy, I think they are the team to beat. Dude, they just play harder than anybody else I've seen. Exactly, exactly. And even in the finals, which was just two months ago, without a couple injuries, I don't think they would have won, but it would have been a lot closer than what it was. Yeah, and I feel like if they get healthy again. You know, Tyler Harrell's only going to get better. Duncan Robinson's only going to get better. Bam's only going to get better. You know, and Jimmy's going to. Jimmy's not a selfish superstar, which I like. I feel like they're the team to beat still. Um, for sure. And so I felt so bad for Josh Hart. Josh Hart was playing terrific defense. He was sticking to Duncan Robinson like glue. He was yeah. getting run into a brick wall of Steve, Stephen yeah. Adams, who and whoever. Uh, 
And it was a uh, it was unfortunate. Bam Adebayo just trucked him and somehow you know yeah. got a foul call against mm-hmm. him. But I just felt so bad. But he chased Duncan Robinson off the line in the third quarter, and then Duncan Robinson goes in and and scores the layup. Like that's crazy, and it feels bad when you're looking at it on screen. But his number one job is to not let Duncan Robinson shoot whatsoever. So if he's not shooting the three, hey. that's success. But I felt so bad for him getting scored on. But he was lighting it up from three as well. And those free throws, I literally wrote it right here. I said. Zion is looking like a tidal wave. Like, it's just a wave of free throws. You just run into the dudes. They're scattering everywhere. And he's just... If he can keep his free throw shots and attempts at above 70%, I think that's a definite, uh, you know, positive sign for a team that doesn't really run that much. Stan Van Gundy, coach teams don't have a lot of pace historically. And But if you can get the easy baskets when the, uh, time, the timer is not ticking, especially because they were down by 20 in the first half, uh, that's going to mean a lot. Um, Kyle, you got anything to add about on this particular game before we move on to some of the next ones? Yeah, uh, I was going to say that I kind of disagree with you, uh, Robin, about Miami being the team to beat. I, I feel that in the East, like they're going to be slept on again because I feel like their record's not going to be the best. It's They're probably going to fall to like the fourth or fifth seed with you know Brooklyn looking great, obviously. Uh, Boston looking solid, even though despite the loss. Uh, yeah. And also Giannis and the Bucks, they're you know they're gonna be up there, so they're they're yeah. probably gonna get slipped on this round or this Season. year again, just like last year. Uh, but can, yeah. What are you gonna say? But, uh, yeah. I was gonna say I can see that, but I feel like everybody in the East knows Miami's there. Last year, we didn't think they were actually going to get that far and make it. You know, it's one of those teams where, like, they play hard, but they have a wall or a ceiling they can get to. I didn't think Miami was going to get that far. This year, I feel like Brooklyn knows, Milwaukee for sure knows, Boston knows, Miami's still there. Even Toronto knows Miami's there this year. Until they take out Miami, I feel like Miami's that one team that can knock out anybody in the East. Yeah, I think no team Magic wants wise to. Or not. Nobody wants to play yeah. them, definitely. They all want to avoid Seven them. games yeah. of toughness. And- yeah, I don't think. And you mentioned, uh, one of you guys mentioned how ready they looked and how fast they looked. They get into their offense so fast. So many times that they're actually already running a pick and roll when there's only 19 seconds on the, or, there, or there's still 19 seconds left yeah. on the shot clock. That action mm-hmm. can develop. It can be, you know, stuffed by the defense and they have a whole another backup plan. Goran Dragic looked terrific tonight. And the thing that I think is going to be uh, crazy um, in a negative way uh, I think Tyler Hero performed terrifically in the playoffs. I think he earned his starting role going into the season. He started tonight. Uh, but he definitely gets tunnel vision. Once like a play kind of breaks down, it doesn't go exactly the way it's supposed to. He's like, all right, it's kind of chaos. I got the ball. I'm shooting. And he, so you'll see a lot of times Steph Curry will take advantage of yeah. chaos. And if he doesn't shoot, he'll find the open guy. Luka will do the same thing. LeBron, of course, is the best at it. Tyler Hero is going to have to learn, and there might be growing pains throughout the season. Because as soon as he's like, oh, it's breaking down, I'm shooting. I believe in myself. And it doesn't always go in. Uh, so that's what I'm yeah. going to be watching for going forward. Yeah, he's got to improve his IQ a little bit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he, you know, he's got the talent. So. Oh, and Brandon Ingram, dude, that guy. Like, I was just about to say that. He, I was he, just about mm, to say that. He, like, I. We, can't, hate, we cannot mention him. I hate when 
uh, you know, and it's unfortunate that this is the way it has to be, but you, whenever someone's describing someone to a uh, casual fan, you want to describe a comparison that they know. So you say Dwayne Wade, you say Dirk Nowitzki, and these really towering figures that it's super difficult for any rookie to live up to. And the comparison for Brandon Ingram at first was Kevin Durant, because they're tall and lanky, yeah. both of them are, and they can shoot. But, and I hate, I hesitate to do with this in this instance too, but he can get a quality shot no matter how much time is left on the shot clock. There were three seconds left multiple times and he was getting stuff going towards the rim, easy floaters with length over length, and then getting, you know, fadeaway twos, even a three-pointer with a, with a swish with the buzzer beating in his face. So I thought that was terrific. And the qual- that quality is Kevin Durant-esque. I'm not saying he's going to live up to be Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is a one of one. There's not going to be another one like him yeah. in our generation. But that was Kevin Durant-esque, and I am super high on him. Uh, and I think he was definitely deserving of that uh, most improved player last year. So I'm excited to see the Pelicans for sure. Uh, about Brandon Ingram, like, when he was on the Lakers, like, I, I really thought he was underwhelming for how much praise that he got. Mm-hmm. And even even on the Pelicans last year, you know, he won most improved uh, player and stuff. Uh, I still don't fully... Uh, you're not a believer trust Brent. not a believer no, I'm, I, I, not a I'm not yet uh no i'm not uh wow. if he gets him to the playoffs then then i i'll be a believer and and especially if he play, plays well in the playoffs uh then i'll be a believer but right now i i feel like he's a little overhyped Wow, no, that's over. No, that's fair. Yeah. He can he can feel however he wants to feel. But the one that i'm watching for that might tank the uh the Pelicans' playoff hopes is probably Eric Bledsoe, man, because he is strong. He is a great defender, but there are times yeah. we saw it in the Milwaukee series uh, previously in, in two years back where if things are breaking down and it looks like a tough decision, he's making a costly turnover. He's uh, doing something that's detrimental to the offense that doesn't keep it flowing. Uh, and so, like, his line isn't super indicative of what I'm saying. Five points, two rebounds, six assists, one steal. It's passable. That's a roughly what... Uh, Drew Holiday would give you on an average day, but I think in those clutch moments where you saw Drew Holiday rise to the occasion and beat teams like, like Portland, uh, Eric Bledsoe might not be able to do that for you, as we've seen already. I want Lonzo to take his starting spot. I think he can do it, so uh, that's what I'm watching for this year. Uh, so I guess I was just said, saying... Oh, uh-huh. oh. I was just going to no, say, go I think New Orleans should build through, obviously, Ingram over Zion. Oh, all right. <laughs> Why do you say yeah, that? Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Because if Zion, you don't know if he's going to be healthy for that long. Ingram is still young, and he's still putting up these nice numbers, and he's not. He's being an efficient scorer. That's what I like. I'm not saying get rid of Zion. I'm saying they should not only build around Zion, but oh, Ingram should be one of their yeah. Main focuses so as well. I think that might be a reason that uh, they even have Stephen Adams. They need someone to run pick and roll yeah. with. So that's definitely a great yeah. point. People are always questioning yeah. it, but Brandon Ingram is also right there. He's also young. It's only maybe three or four years difference between him and Zion. So yeah, you want to build around two pillars instead of just one. Just ask James Harden. You know, you need two. Uh, so mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Um, if with that, do you guys want to move on to the next game? Yeah. All right, so next up on the docket was the Milwaukee Bucks, or was it the Nets game? It was the Bucks game. No, no, yeah. Bucks it was the Bucks game. Golden State. It was Bucks Warriors, and I got to say, man, like, if you guys have listened to our previous episodes, you guys out there, or, or if you're joining us for the first time, it is not very often that I put a hot take out there like this, but when is the last time Steph Curry had a good regular season game? I know he was injured, uh, you know, 
last year he only played five games. I know the year before that was when he had Kevin Durant on the team. But the time that ends up on House of Highlights, that ends up on Instagram, goes on Twitter, that is going all crazy. That time that he dribbled through nine defender's shoes on the Thunder and then put up that three where where Steve Kerr was like this and then like this, uh, making that one three. (laughs) That was like three years ago. So I went into the season talking to Andre about how his gravity is going to pull away so many defenders that it's going to be so easy uh, for everyone to score. Eric Pascal, he can shoot, bro. Uh, he's got competent players. Kevon Looney, he can finish if he needs to. We saw it when Kevin Durant and uh, Clay Thompson were on the team. But with this stuff, Curry now doing this, like, standing back and embarrassed at the crazy stuff that uh, that Kelly Oubre is <laughs> doing, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder, like, there's more that can be done, and there's definitely going to be more development for this team over the season, but it has not been a, a, an inspiring week for these Warriors. And am I totally off base? Like, how big of a load can Steph Curry really carry by himself? Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, his carry potential is definitely being put into question this season. You know, it's it really sucks to hear about Clay Thompson getting injured, and we just hope uh, he recovers quickly, and so does Draymond. So hopefully they can be in playoff contention. But right now they really need another player to step up, like they were hoping uh, uh, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but so far, it, it just it just hasn't happened, and then Kelly Oubre hasn't hasn't been the best either. Ooh, he was dunking on it's, everybody in the first game, and he deceived us yeah. all in the first quarter. But mm-hmm. it's yeah. some of the decisions are kind of out of whack. And just to give everyone mm-hmm. the context, the Bucks put a shellacking on the Warriors, beating them by thirty nine points. It was close through two quarters, uh, only about a nine or eight 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 to ten point difference between the first two quarters and then they really opened them up in the four in the third and the fourth uh those guys were just all out of sorts all out of whack uh james wiseman looking good looking athletic can finish make the easy shots that you're supposed to finish especially as a rookie but it just looked as though uh the defense was was startling or too much for them uh what what takeaways do you guys have Right. Well, I was gonna say let's not go ahead and like totally bash the Warriors. They did play the Nets and also the Bucks. I'm not thinking the Warriors are gonna make the playoffs, but they did play two well teams. Um, I think Curry is one of those players who, if you have surrounding pieces next to him, he's gonna be an MVP type level. I don't think he can carry the load on his own, or at least not them. Uh, unless Draymond gets back and does a little bit more than what we were accustomed to him doing. I don't think the Warriors will make the playoffs. I think with Clay there, they have a much better chance of a Draymond. I with if Clay's hurt, mm-hmm. um, I just don't think the Warriors are that good at all. I think they gave too many pieces away to get KD. They couldn't sign anybody else, and when KD left, now they're scattering to go get other pieces again. I think they were deeper before KD. And they relied on KD a little bit more than we expected. That and, and their players that were part of their depth aged out. Maurice Spades, Sean yeah, Livingston. Iguodala yeah, left. They definitely, they, that, yeah, that definitely is true. And you're right. They did play the probably top two talents uh, on paper in the East. Uh, but, you know, you got to wonder, does Draymond Green put him in the playoffs to this roster? Clay Thompson probably definitely does. And so this comparison, Kyle, I want you to answer. Uh, there's no prep time on this one. If you're comparing them player to player, we have seen that James Harden, uh, you know, weird COVID year shenanigans aside, yeah, <laughs> he is a guaranteed playoff berth, bro. Remember when he yeah. had those like 30 straight games of 35 plus points when the Rockets were like in the bottom of the standings in December and he just dragged them by the scruff of their necks into the playoffs? 
That's my man, James Harden. You're telling me that Steph Curry can't do that, or he can? What do you think? Uh, I I feel he definitely can. Uh, I'm sure, especially right now, uh, like coming off an an injury and stuff. Coming um, off an injury, he had a he, whole off season. Well, yeah, he he did have a very long off season, so it's not really an excuse either. But he he's aging a little bit. Uh, I I'm not the biggest mm-hmm. like Curry fan or and stuff, but I I feel he you know he for sure has the skills to to be able to carry a team like his you know he's one of the best if not the best uh, three-point shooter of all time uh and he can do it off the dribble uh like literally anywhere he is definitely an unprecedented player and it deserves the praise that you're talking about but i wonder yeah yeah, you're right yeah yeah robin i think james harden and the warriors yeah that was the thing right yeah i think if he was on the warriors they for sure would make the playoffs like no doubt but he led a Houston Rockets team with the older Chris Paul. Think of him with a, a Curry, who's a much better shooter than Chris Paul. He's still younger, so you know you're going to get him on a nightly basis, unless you know, barring any uncertain or any you know weird injuries or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think wherever Harden goes, they'll probably make the playoffs. But it's more of a, do you want that distraction? I mean, at the end of the day, like COVID is affecting so many people. Why would you still be going out? If you really wanted to play the game that you say you love, you wouldn't be going out. You would take it seriously and just stay in. It's not hard. I I feel like this is an act of defiance uh, to the Houston Rockets. Just saying like a big like FU to the Houston Rockets because he's just he's like really done with them. I You know, if I was the Houston Rockets, I would just try and like ship him off as soon as possible because you know he, he at this point he's a liability to the team you know he's uh dqing you from games uh so you're saying if james just, harden was on a different team he wouldn't be in uh, acting in the same way he'd be more uh, in line and trying to be a cohesive leader for maybe the sixers or for the heat is that what you're saying uh uh well, I don't. I don't think he would be a good uh, fit for the Heat, but but it, just on if they on X team, whatever team it mm-hmm. is, he wouldn't be behaving mm-hmm. this way if he wasn't in Houston. Uh, not to this extent, no. Uh, this is the man I that mean, got his jersey retired at the strip club. He could be hired. He could be acting like this everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that, that's definitely a good point. Uh, so I don't know. I I can't disagree with you, but I I just feel like he has a personal vendetta against the Houston Rockets at this point. Oh, and I would too if Tillman Fertitta was my owner, dude. That guy seems to have managed his money so poorly, he had to get a loan to buy the team. And when the bubble went down, we all felt the squeeze. Uh, All of us have worked in sales before. We understand what kind of times uh, these are where it's tough to make ends meet, especially when you're running your own business and a, a conglomerate like him. But they had to run a... Like, he had to get a special favor from Adam Silver to have his restaurants supply the food for the bubble so he can make some money back. That is not someone that seems to be as competent as someone like Steve Ballmer, who is the richest owner in the league by far. Like, that guy has it all his ducks in a row. When you look at uh, somebody as tone-deaf as Tillman Fertitta... And I apologize, guys. I know this is a Christmas podcast. The Houston Rockets did not play on Christmas. Uh, You guys kind of hijacked the conversation going towards the Rockets, but that guy's (laughs) autobiography is called Shut Up and Listen. Do you want to listen to anyone that tells you to shut up before they start talking? (laughs) No, you don't. And I don't want to hear it. Um, Chris Middleton, let me just swerve us back. He was 6 for 8 from 3 tonight. 75% from 3. So if you take out some of those attempts, some of the hot shooting... Maybe the t- maybe the game is closer for the Warriors, but for their upcoming schedule, I don't know when they're gonna get 
you know, above 500. They're down 0-2, and let me look up their upcoming schedule and see what their next win might be. For for the for the Warriors, because oh. you know, I just for a team as lauded and applauded and the the dynasty that has come to pass the past few years. I wonder when they'll come back to prominence because we don't know what's going to happen with Clay Thompson coming up. So are there any players that you guys think that they should keep going forward? I think Eric Pascal. I don't think yeah, you're sold on, on, Andrew, on Andrew Wiggins. Anybody else? Uh, Wiseman has definitely okay. shown some promise. Uh, uh, I feel like he, he needs to work on his form a little bit uh, shooting-wise. But, you know, uh, I was watching the game and I heard an interview from – or. Uh, little quotes from an interview mm-hmm. they did with Steve Kerr mm-hmm. talking about uh, uh, James Wiseman, uh, Wiseman and they, they were just saying he's a sponge like he loves to be coached like he's learning a lot from not only Steve Kerr but but Draymond as well and uh, they had they played an audio clip of Draymond uh, talking to him on the bench and so he's definitely probably one of the most uh, uh, promising stars for the Warriors and they should probably keep him so number two pick, unwasted. Yeah, and so you mentioned you liked Eric Pascal. I looked, at, I pulled up their schedule. They've got Denver coming up. That's not going to be easy. Uh, let's say they take, let's say they take two wins against the Sacramento Kings. They play the Sacramento Kings twice after that, and then uh, after after that, they've got Brooklyn. No, no, that's done already. Oh, Chicago and Detroit. They should be able to take some wins off those guys, but. Who knows? But with this roster, you don't even know if those Kings games are secured, you know? Like, with mm-hmm. this roster and Curry, you don't even know if he's going to do enough to beat the Kings both times. Tyree Tallerberg looked good it's for not, the Kings. Yeah, it's not like it's two, three years ago when it's like, oh, that's a win, that's a win. Now it's like you don't know what's a win, what's a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, yeah I feel like uh, the next couple of weeks for the Warriors will, will give us a better picture of how they'll look to see if they're potentially a playoff team or, or if they're going to end up bombing out. So do you guys want to move on to the uh, the third game before we get to the hometown Dallas Mavericks? Ready? Uh, I, I had something quick to say about the, the Bucks. Yeah, um, go ahead. You know, despite Giannis not, not playing super well, you know, they, they blew Golden State out of the water. Uh, I've always felt that Chris Middleton wasn't really a problem in in for the opponent. More, well, well, no, I mean like in general, like because you know, uh, Milwaukee's had these playoff troubles, mm-hmm. and I felt that that Chris Middleton was never really the issue with them. I feel like it's always been on Giannis to step up and develop his game in in a way where he can create a shot better. And in my opinion, I I, I think he really needs to develop at least like a mid-range jump shot and and get better at his free yeah. throws uh i you know I, i've seen clips from b-ball breakdown where Giannis in his rookie season he had a he had a pretty decent form and he shot uh, a pretty decent three-point percentage mm-hmm. but something's changed about that and his shooting form is has changed and and it's hurt him i feel i mean obviously he's a two-time mvp uh but like to complete his game, I feel that he really needs to develop a shot. Shout-outs to B-Ball Breakdown, and I apologize, Robin. Yeah. I'm going to get to you in just a second. Coach Nick, B-Ball Breakdown, we love you guys. But you're right, and I do think that Giannis needs to develop a shot. A lot of people said that he needed to develop a three-pointer, but imagine you know, you're know, you guarding Giannis. 
he is a giant physical freak with huge shoulders bigger than your whole face, Kyle. Like you yeah. don't want him to drive and wreak havoc <laughs> and get an and one. You don't want that. So no. that guy is insane. You're gonna let him shoot the three and take a sub forty percent shot when he could get all the way to the rim in two steps and uh, mm. and dunk on your face. So what I think he needs to do uh, in you know in contrast to that three point shot is to develop some sort of turnaround. Hook shot, something with his back to the basket that you can get to reliably and easy, easily, and mm-hmm. and work as a hub for the offense that doesn't just stop working when the opposing team forms a wall. As yeah. my, as the great coach Stan Van Gundy of the Pelicans says, form a fucking wall. It's beaten Giannis <laughs> two times in two consecutive uh-huh. playoffs. But if you can work from the mid post, from the low post, and pass out a double teams effectively, a la Dirk Nowitzki. That's what's going to unlock the next step for the Milwaukee Bucks and maybe help to make a finals berth. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case if he continues to try to shoot threes. And you can see his touch and something about late game situations. He has been bricking free throws, or not even bricking them. He's been airballing free throws and losing that clutch one against the Celtics just the other yeah. night. So what were you going to say, Rob? And sorry to steal your thunder. I was going to talk about Chris Middleton. Yeah. I felt like the in the playoffs when Giannis went down and Middleton had a step up mm-hmm. and they won that game without Giannis, I feel like that kind of gave him that confidence to Giannis to like you know take a seat. Sometimes he'll take the show for now, like today. Giannis didn't really have it going, and Chris Middleton stepped up. It's kind of the same thing we saw with Porzingis and Luca. Luca oh, went down. Sure. That's when Porzingis actually started showing what he was like in New York. I feel like that's what Middleton's gonna start doing now, and he's gonna take a lot of stuff off of uh, Giannis's shoulders. I feel like that's also a main reason why Giannis wanted to stay, is because I think he has more faith in Chris Middleton after that playoff run, which is. I think was a good run for him. Uh, side note, not exactly about the basketball game or the players, but what do y'all think about Boston's court with the with the banners behind the goals? It, it looks it's, fresh. It's really sick, yeah. <laughs> Robin, yeah, I like it. Not, you're not I like it, it, man. You, I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah it like looks it. great. I think the the banner jerseys that they got on, I think it's kind of asking for it. Like, they're asking, like, oh, you think you're the champions already? You know? Their, their jerseys mm-hmm. are styled after their banners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of yeah. a flex because they they got the most uh the most banners tied with the Lakers now, but uh, oh, yeah, tied now. I, oh, it's tied now. I, I thought the Lakers passed them with this last turn. Oh, uh, I don't. I thought they're it both was at tied. seventeen. I think. Yeah, I don't count. Oh, okay. is it seventeen and sixteen? Because the Celtics have sixteen, but we don't count the mini the Minneapolis titles. The, uh, <laughs> they're from fucking Minnesota. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, any uh, any closing thoughts on these two teams? Y'all want to talk about how Jason Tatum is looking like a legit, you know, get his own shot, uh, almost superstar? Uh, yeah, with, with Jason Tatum, like, I I just feel like he's like really streaky. Like, he can really create a shot uh, at any time, but you know, he'll he'll go like whole halves, like shooting pretty poorly, and then he'll turn it on in like the second half. So I I, I feel like you know he's definitely very talented and he's worked on his skills a lot, but uh. I just want him to be a little more consistent throughout the the game, like uh, like Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown, is, you know, is really solid. He's an all around player. You know, plays great defense. Uh, he's got great size, uh, arm or wingspan. I mean, uh, but he he needs to improve, like probably like his uh, three point shooting. But other than that, uh, I I really like this duo and and. Uh, Boston and they they haven't really had any trouble uh, playing so far without Kimba. So, uh, what do you think, Robin? 
I think Jason Tatum is one of the next superstars. I think that run in February where he was going crazy before the lockdown, the first lockdown, mm-hmm. I should say, I think that kind of made like Boston start to realize like he should get the ball late games as he did when he got blocked by Bam. Uh, but I feel like he is kind of their go-to guy. Like Kimba, we know can do it. Jalen Brown is a he's a consistent stud. But I think Tatum is their go-to guy, and I think if they want to take that next step and actually go to the finals, it's going to have to be because of Tatum. You're right, and the point I was going to kind of contrast uh, Kyle with, I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan, and I think he chooses the right spots, and he doesn't bite off more than he can chew. If uh, he's got a straight line drive going to the basket, he's going to take it. He's going to try to lay it in. He plays terrific defense, takes the open three. If it's not open, he doesn't do much, uh, especially compared to Jason Tatum, of trying to create his own shot, go dribble east and west as opposed to north and south. Uh, He passes the ball away, which is why... And Jason Tatum will take on all comers, double teams, maybe almost triple teams. But you have to do that to refine those skills during the regular season to do it during the playoffs. So I wonder if this is the year where he can keep refining it and you're going to see it pay dividends. They did get to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So that's great. Uh, uh, This metaphor kind of just popped in my head right now. Like uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're kind of like yin and yang, like almost literally Mm -hmm. like uh uh you said Jalen brown doesn't really bite off more than he can chew and sometimes uh jason tatum is the opposite he he definitely bites off more than he can chew sometimes (laughs) but but uh he's so talented that like he'll just make that shot sometimes and he he's definitely you're uh, definitely right that guy to take that shot that game winner was a brick (laughs) the one that that went off the backboard (laughs) he missed it (laughs) but it just bounced in (laughs) (laughs) all right so We'll end, we'll end with that one, uh, the Celtics. We're going to watch mm-hmm. their careers with great interest. Uh, the, the, the Nets, man. I can't talk I can't talk about the game without talking about Kyrie Irving's layup package, man. Like, he's yeah. just so oh, amazing man. to watch around the rim, bro. He can just shoot from every <laughs> angle imaginable because he practices it so much, and you can tell he had all the time to practice. But, oh, man. <laughs> like Jared Allen looking springy. DeAndre Jordan putting, down, putting up some blocks and throwing down some dunks. Like... I'm up. All of their role players, every single one of them, you would want them to be at least the seventh man on your team, no matter where you're at. You'd say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, go ahead and give me uh, Jared Allen. Go ahead and give me Spencer DeWitty. Go ahead and give me Landry Shamit. Y'all take him. Karis LeVert, I'll take him. They have a full loaded roster of eighth man or better prospects, plus Kevin Durant, who looks great, and Kyrie Irving, who's looking good so far. Let's hope his knees don't get injured again. Uh yeah. I th- I think uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and call it right now. I'm I'm gonna say it with my chest. Uh, I think Karis LeVert will probably win uh, uh, six man of the year this All right. year. I'm gonna put that on this board yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where do you have the Ooh. just preliminary uh, prediction? Just you gotta just say it now. Are the Nets gonna be third, second, or first in the West? No, I don't even need any reasoning. You just say third, East. second, or first. And the East, sorry. East. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin, you. I'll let you go first. I think they will be second to the Bucks. I think the Bucks are an amazing regular season team, but I think the Nets are so deep. I don't think people understand that last year they almost hit the playoffs without their two best players. And now they add probably one of the best scores of all time. And then with Kyrie, as you said, his layup package, probably the best finisher I've ever seen with left or right hand, which is crazy. If they can stay healthy, you got DeAndre Jordan, who's on the glass, you got Allen on the bench, who should be their starting center before they got DeAndre Jordan. Right. Chris Levers, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
they got all these pieces. I think they're just so deep. So if KD takes a night off or Kyrie takes a uh, night off, not going to be in a predicament to where one of them is going to carry the load. It's just a team game for them. And I think they all kind of, as I was to say, Stefan Gundy was talking about, they know their roles so quickly. And I think without them already having those great chemistry, they don't have to build into it. So they're going to have a good record from the early get-go, not you know one of those teams that starts really slow and then gets it going later on. I think they're going to start fast. And Joe Harris locked him up to yeah. a several multi-year deal. 50% shoot from three tonight. That guy can dribble. You can chase him off the three. He's going to dribble just like Duncan Robinson. He's Duncan Robinson of the north, whereas Duncan Robinson yeah. of the south. Uh, what do you got? Where you got him finishing, uh, Kyle? One, two, or three? I was originally going to say I was going to have him second, too, but there, when when you explained like just how stacked they are, uh, like it, it's really hard not for me to put him at the number one seed. So I swayed you uh, in the moment. Wow. You've been swayed yeah. live on the show. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So thank you guys for giving me those preliminary takes. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes of tonight's showing, the one that probably hurt you guys <sighs> in y'all's hearts. But we are now – we are journalists, guys. We have to move mm-hmm. on and not take it so personally. The Dallas Mavericks fall to 0-2. The Lakers rise to 1-1 uh, after a shellacking – on the on the boards by the Lakers using their size, the Mavericks put up a fight, causing a lot of turnovers more than the Mavericks have caused in years past, but ultimately falling to the Lakers, one thirty eight to one fifteen. What is your immediate reaction to seeing the action that unfolded tonight? Here we go. Uh, tonight, I feel like we're missing Porzingis more than ever. Uh, we got killed on the boards today. Got killed on the boards on uh, Wednesday against Phoenix. I think we're not playing big, and also we're not running a lot. I know we got killed by uh, fast break points the other day, uh, and we got more turnovers on Wednesday. And then today, it's the same thing. It's We just don't have enough firepower. I feel like when Luka goes to the bench, we got so many pieces, like Jalen Brunson, who can't take over in a quarter, or Jason, uh, Josh Richardson, or whoever. But I just feel like, at the moment, I, I think we shouldn't have high expectations on the Mavericks. I think we're more of a building. We're still building. It's not going to come soon. I think Luka's, what, third season? Mm-hmm. 20, I just 21 think that years KP, old. Yeah, KP needs to get back, get healthy, get going. I think this is slowly and slowly we're going to keep getting better. But you can't make that jump over a year. Uh, I feel that one of our problems tonight uh... – has been like our chemistry, adding these new pieces with uh, Willie Colley Stein and, and James Johnson. Uh, I I can tell by how they've uh, how they were playing out there. Uh, like James Johnson was about to hand it off to I think Josh Richardson in the corner, but Josh didn't come or, or Richardson didn't come uh, earlier than than he was expecting, and then they both ended up turning around and and running the same direction uh, back up the court. Uh, so just like little things like that uh, have been affecting the chemistry. Uh, also, we some of the lineups like we we've gotten bigger with with uh, those additions as well, but uh, we didn't play them as much, and we still got really out rebounded. I like uh, for Dallas like how how much effort uh, we put out on the defensive end. Like obviously, you know, we still got blown out, but. Um, uh, I'm looking at the steals right now. Like uh, Dallas had a total of 13 steals compared to the Lakers' uh, uh, nine, and then also uh, the Lakers 
we were able to force the Lakers to turn the ball over more. They had 16 turnovers compared to Dallas's nine. So uh, I, I really liked our improvements on defense. Uh, on offense, there was just a, a lot of hesitation. Like uh, if Luca wasn't creating, like, and he would pass it off. Like if if the guy didn't make that, sh- like take that uh, first shot, like it, it the ball just kind of like kind of died, right? And, and so yeah. Uh, it takes time for secondary sets off the first action to develop for a team. They're in their second uh, game back. They've added new additions, just like you said. Josh Richardson is going to be an integral part of the lineup. James Johnson, not so much, but in spot minutes, he's going to have to come through clutch and really know what the playbook. Uh, I want to put some respect on the defending champions' names, even though I think all Lakers fans are corny. I think Anthony Davis is corny. <laughs> I think that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that they have a wonderful passing team. I think that they have a lot of guys in another role. Uh, I really love the addition of Dennis Schroeder, but just seeing Marcus Hole toss that line or that uh that long court pass down to LeBron James over to AD for the lob, like it's just poetry in motion. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope is not afraid of the moment. Uh, Alex Caruso dribbles so fast, he gives pace to a team that otherwise is pretty slow, but with the addition of Dennis Schroeder as well, it's going to bring up the pace too. Their defense is stifling. They will double Luka to make him pass the ball and scramble back in time to put pressure on those lesser ball handlers, although I was very impressed by Josh Richardson tonight. Uh, They look like Toronto's swarming defense. They look like Toronto, the Raptors, that have a top defense with Kawhi Leonard and still had a top defense the following year with Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry. So, um... The Mavericks lost to the Suns. They always lose to the Suns. The Mavericks lost to the defending <laughs> champion Lakers. Uh, and that's not much of a surprise. But I think the things that were encouraging were, like Kyle said, the activity on defense, so many hands on the passing lanes. Max Kleber forces a steal. Dwight Powell forces a steal. Josh Richardson seemed to have forced multiple steals. And they were able to get out in the open court. Uh, Trey Burke looking good in the open court despite being undersized. Jalen Brunson was contributing. They had a lot of contributors, but they lost on the rebounding, like you guys mentioned, for being undersized. 34-19 to 19 in the third quarter was the was the difference in rebounding. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I don't have the final stats pulled up, but they allowed at least 22 points from the Lakers in second-chance points. That means they, they played the possession fine. They forced the miss but didn't clean up the glass and seal the position, the possession with a rebound. And Robin is right. Uh, Porzingis is going to be a good addition to that. He's not a super strong rebounder. He is a terrific help side defender, which puts him out of position for rebounds. But an extra eight, nine rebounds, like that's going to be terrific, of course. Uh, yeah. I was really encouraged by Josh Richardson driving to the rim because he, of course, can dribble. He can shoot. Shooting with confidence had a super efficient night tonight. 50% from the floor. Floor. Uh, 40% from three, and he, the Mavericks finally have another player besides Luka that can handle the ball and is not undersized for his position. J.J. Barea, uh, everybody you can think of, go back 10 years, yeah. Roddy Bobois. I'm going back to Roddy Bobois right now. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> Jalen, I remember, yeah. yeah. Jalen Brunson, like everyone is undersized. Uh, Trey Burke, undersized. Mm-hmm. But for once, this guy yeah. can finish with length, can get in the passing lanes, and has a good defensive IQ. Uh, and can handle and and Lucas looks as though he can uh, play as a cog within the offense, not having the ball immediately. So I think it's gonna get better as time goes on for the Mavericks. Uh, but we will see. Uh, anybody stick out to you guys on the Lakers side that I mentioned, or anything you want to? Uh, definitely Montrez Harrell. Uh, just about to say that he he's not. Yeah, he's not even the the largest guy on the court, 
but you know he was just hustling but he plays hard like, it. like he plays like it yeah 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 he was hustling hard like even on Boban like mm-hmm. uh you know he that was the one time they put a bigger guy on him and you know he he has the jump shot ability the mid-range so so he took advantage there on a side note how i would be insanely tilted if uh, a dude with dreads playing with fur in his shoes uh shot a jump shot in my face and, and with it I, I i'd be tilted I, i'd be so mad what you got against the fur cow <laughs> yeah it, it's just so dumb it's it's so and anthony davis was clowning on him too uh, before the game but I, yeah. I i saw it like on the court he was actually playing with it uh for like in the first half and i was like dude like come on <laughs> like i i, I could it was nice no i i would be so mad if you and especially if he was out playing me like bro like nah, i i couldn't i couldn't handle it i'd be so mad <laughs> so i got i guess two things to say and i'm gonna stop singing all of josh richardson's praises but dude he drove right around anthony davis and laid it up uh in, in the first quarter so oh, yeah. you know finishing over link terrific but this is kind of a side note what do you guys think of the overall presentation of the bubble games so far? Now that we've closed several games that we've watched, like or not the these aren't the bubble games. The bubble's over. Mm. We're in the regular yeah. season. They're traveling from court to court. Uh, have you all liked how the teams have covered the, the seats or anything like that? Anything to say about that? Uh, I guess I'll go. I was actually going to ask you, which is so crazy, if the NBA should just go back to the bubble. <laughs> um, that was literally like question number one right here. That's what I was gonna. I was talking to you the other yeah. day. I was like, I already have a question. Yeah. Because what's the point of all this traveling if you're just gonna play in an empty in an empty spot? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know. And then if you've seen the NFL, people have got COVID or whatnot. They can't play in that game. They just you know they push it back whatnot. With the NBA, if you can't play the game, there's no way you can push it back. The schedules are so. You know, every Ooh, other day. Yeah, they they postponed the Rockets and the uh, and the Thunder yeah. game, but I don't really see where that's going to go on the schedule because it's so willy nilly. People are all over the place, and it's not just one or two games a week like they are in the NFL. So, the scheduling guys are wizards, but I also don't know. And the answer that I have to your question, as far as the bubble goes, they're not going to make another bubble because some players just had a big hit on their mental health. This is look at Paul George. Like they didn't like being in that environment. They didn't like being apart from their families for that amount of time. Uh, one of the suggestions that was floated during the off season before this season came back together was like bubble number one, one month break bubble number two, you know, or regional bubbles or whatever. And they're trying to alleviate that by, you know, you go to New York and you play Philly both New York teams, and then maybe you swing down to Boston just because it's all in that upper region. Uh, so pseudo bubbles, but I think I would prefer the bubble to be honest. Uh, as a watcher, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. No, I, I just have a quick, quick note. Uh, in the Miami Pelicans game, uh, because there's no fans in the in the stands, they had the camera like zoomed in a little bit more to focus on just the players and cut the, the stands in the yeah cut the seats out and it's, it it was just a little odd and and off-putting uh, you know something we're not used to uh so just just a little side note uh, and so uh as far as that goes uh having all the all the teams doing a great job covering up the seats and making it look good they brought the rail cam back from the bubble. This has never been here before because we got 
courtside seats everywhere. That one camera that Luca almost got hit by in the bubble that swallows yeah. him. It looks like you're there, and I love it. It needs to stay. It is the best thing that I've ever seen. It's terrific. I love it. Like People hate when they mess with the camera angles, like that one All-Star game where they had the overhead cam when they were dribbling down the oh, court yeah. looking like yeah, 2K. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, this is terrible, and they changed that at halftime. Uh, I love all the different camera angles. Get weird with it, man. Like it doesn't uh, got to be the same thing for my entire life. I'll be watching basketball till I'm, until I die, probably at least another twenty years. So I change it up, <laughs> you know. So that's how I feel. <laughs> that's the production manager in you, Rich. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that uh, that. Tonight left us a lot to think about going forward, and I'm super excited to see how the season plays out. Uh, we're recording this, like I said, at about 11 p.m. Uh, on Friday, and the Clippers have opened up a 17-point lead on the Nuggets. Just me saying those words to you, does that surprise you based on how doesn't Clippers... mean much. Well, okay, so it doesn't mean much. Uh, Rob says no. it doesn't mean much. Does it surprise you, this score that I just mentioned to you, uh, Kyle, based on what you saw the Clippers earlier in the week? Uh... Not really. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray had an underwhelming performance in the opener. Uh, it, it, suck, it does suck a little bit that uh, all the Christmas games today have been, like, pretty much blowouts. Like, the, the scores haven't really been close. Uh, I mean, other than, like, the the Miami-New uh, Orleans game, mm-hmm. uh, where, where, you know, New Orleans was leading at first and then Miami had a comeback. Other than that, it's... They've all been kind of like one-sided, which is kind of sad. You know, you, you love to see close games, especially on Christmas Day. Uh, Nothing's going to top that Warriors-Cavs uh, Christmas yeah, Day game yeah. after the, uh, yeah. you know, that rematch. But, no, you're right. A little bit underwhelming, but at times, you know, those blowouts or lopsided stuff lets you see the coaches tinker with pieces that they wouldn't normally tinker with. And that's the stuff that I really live for. Um, that's exciting. So, Awesome. Is there anything? Uh, oh, what's up, Kyle? Yeah, it's also you know kind of important to keep in mind like like this is only like the second game of the season uh, for for a lot of these teams, uh, which you know we're not used to. Normally, it's like mid season or, oh, or it's well, like, still uh, early season. We're at, we end the mid- beginning of the season right right now. Yeah, yeah. You try to see yeah. what playoff seeds are shaking out. So mm-hmm. definitely some yeah. perspective. Thank you for that perspective, Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you guys? Besides what we said tonight, going forward into the season, is there any particular storyline or a player or maybe even a coach or something that you guys are kind of looking to see develop over the rest of the season? Uh, go ahead, Kyle. Me? It looks like you're ready. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I'm okay. saying go ahead. Go ahead, Robin. Because I, oh, I keep on going first. So yeah, yeah. I'll let him go. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it would be Trey Young. Uh, we get all this talk about Luka, Luka this, Luka that. And, you know, I'm a big Luka fan. But being drafted or being in that trade involved on draft night to go to the other end, everyone's saying Luka's going to be the next face of the NBA, Luka this, MVP favorite. I feel like Trey Young, obviously, you know, he's competitive. So he's going to want to show what he can do. Atlanta didn't lose that draft or that trade on the draft night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they made a lot of key pieces or key trades for, you know, key pieces or whatnot. I think they can't sneak into the playoffs at eight. Or seven. If they all get healthy, Capella gets healthy, and they play around Trey, I think they make it. They can make it into the playoffs. So I'm looking at Trey Young this year. Kyle. Uh, I mean, I guess 
really the story that that stuck out to me you know a lot of people would say like probably like phoenix mm -hmm. uh becoming a playoff, playoff contender team. uh i the other story in the East would probably be, you know, obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and that's that's probably the one I would I would go with as well. Uh, you know, I guess before this season, a lot of people kind of slipped on Katie and and Kyrie. They they had questions, and but but throughout these first couple of games and even the preseason games, like they've just been insane, and I think they're probably the the favorites out of the East. Uh, their their chemistry is so good already. Uh, I guess kind of because they've been together a season already, so mm -hmm. they they kind of have a feel of how they want to play on the court together already. But uh, I I want to see them in the high pressure situations, like when it even perhaps in the regular season, but definitely in the playoffs. Yeah, clutch let, games. See who is Kyrie Irving going to defer to Kevin Durant? Not because yeah, or, I mean Kevin Durant is you know top scorer of all time but Kyrie Irving's also the point guard you know it's it seems as though it's kind of in your job description to fix him up with the ball uh you know in key moments like that and you, he is a multiple time champion Kyrie Irving has only won one uh although it was one of the most clutch performances of a, I've ever seen from any champion uh, that's for sure but yeah. to answer my own question uh dude the Clippers like I love the additions that they made. I love that they signed Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard looks like Tyler Hero out there. <laughs> Everyone has Tyler Hero on the brain. Go look at Luke Kennard. He can dribble. I've been saying this on every podcast. I guess I'm forming my own island, Luke Kennard Island. Uh, the Clippers almost won 60 games last season before it was abbreviated, and now they've added pieces to make it even better. They added champion Serge Ibaka. That's what I'm watching, so that's what I'm going to say. And I think they're going to take this win against the Nuggets. As much as I love the Nuggets, I love Jokic so much. So mm -hmm. uh, stay tuned to watch that, and I'll hold myself accountable for that prediction or uh, note. Robin, you mentioned uh, you had some questions written down. Uh, did you have any? Oh, yeah. Left? Okay. <laughs> the first one was the bubble one. Uh, that kind of just came out of nowhere, so that one's good. My second one is, do you guys actually think that Denver is a serious contender this year? Obviously, we've got both the L.A. teams that everyone talks about. Last year, nobody even mentioned Denver when they shocked the Clippers. Everyone's like, oh, you know, okay, nobody expected that. But do you actually, like, take them seriously this year? I definitely do, but I'm going to let Kyle answer first. Uh, I feel they've definitely earned the respect uh, after making those two comebacks in, in the playoffs. Uh, this year, though... I mean, you know, it's only been two games, but they've both been kind of underwhelming. You know, they lost uh, Jeremy Grant in the offseason, um, and he he was a good, solid piece for them. To And then also Jamal Murray's been a little underwhelming so far, uh, even though he, you know, he went insane in the bubble. Uh, I, I wonder if... Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this interview with Damian Lillard saying it, it was easier in the bubble because, you know, you just went back to the hotel and you started recovering immediately and you didn't have to have to be on a plane. Uh, yeah. Deal with your girl, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't have to deal with that. And it was easier in the bubble because they could just get back to recovering right away. Uh, I, I'm wondering if uh, that's uh, – if that really gave an advantage to, I'm gonna stop you right there, Kyle. Wow. Thank you very much for your input. They got, mate. They got fucking uh, Nikola Jokic. They got Jamal Murray. They got two guys that can run a two-man game. That can create a shot all by themselves. Different play styles, different positions, and then they've got their third almost star, 
kind of making waves. Uh, they got hold on. I'm about to cut this out. MPJ. They got Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. Fresh off that back <laughs> surgery, looking good. But yeah. small forward can slide down a power forward. Three different dudes that can create offense in their own ways, alone or together. So I'm up because that's what everyone's hunting. Everyone wants to get two stars, three stars, but they already drafted all three of them. So I think that they can definitely at least be a top four seed, even if they are not a top two seed like they were in years past. Uh, and then once you're in the playoffs, that's another team you're not going to want to see. You don't want to see the Heat. You don't want to see the ultra-conditioned Denver Nuggets. They play in the Mile High, the mile high City, bro. So I'm up. I'm up on the Nuggets. I'm up on the Heat. And I'm up on the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're definitely a, a sleeper team as well. Uh, yeah, like you said, nobody nobody really wants to face them, especially after these past playoff series. And in the past couple of seasons, they've been the the third seed, like uh, both years, I think, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. A really high, yeah. respectable seed. A respectable I, seed I, with no respect. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it feels like, you know, they just kind of slipped in and, like, nobody's really uh, tagged them to be, like, a championship contender, but... Uh, well, they need to start getting going this season. Make make sure all their their pieces are are going, uh, uh, to keep up their expectations that that they created for themselves last year. Mm-hmm. Any anything else you got there, Robin, or should we leave it for for another time? <laughs> uh, no, that's that's good. That's that's what I had two questions ready, and I asked. Them awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so good. You're the first guest we've ever had that had their own segment ready to go. So we appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Ooh, yes, sir. Uh, it has been a fun episode talking about these Christmas Day games. It's going to hopefully feel like a an extended Christmas Day present uh, for our listeners that get this gift all wrapped up for them in the morning. Um, I appreciate you guys coming on with me tonight. Is there anything that you guys want to say as a final note? Anything that where people can find you guys on Twitter or Instagram, anything to follow before I plug the show and kind of wrap us up. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Kyle F one at K Y one E F one. But uh, uh, no, I, I really, I've been a long time listener of the show and, and uh, I've always wanted to try and support the show. Uh, uh, check us out at, at the shot caller show. Mm. Appreciate that, um, Kyle. I'll do the, I'll do the rest uh, of it for you. Uh, yeah. And then, Robin, you got anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, yeah, y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at TheRobinSahota. <laughs> you know, I got to give me a shout-out out there real quick. No, but uh, in all seriousness, like, I remember when I st- first started working at Best Buy, and you were always walking around with your kicks on, whether they were whatever kicks you had on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he must like basketball. And you said you had a podcast early on. And ever since then, I've kind of been checking it out here and there and, you know, big fan. So it's kind of an honor to get on here, talk mm-hmm. whatever I got to talk about. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, Appreciate and it. An honor for sure. I, uh, I really enjoy talking with all you guys, having a discussion. You know, I, I feel like uh, it's a good way to get your opinion out there. And at the very least, uh, all three of us are members of the Shot Callers Nation uh, official a fancy mm-hmm. basketball league of our <laughs> podcast. So we will keep you guys updated on the standings right now. Robin and I are head to head and we'll see who's going to come out winning uh, this, this week. But we say all that to say this. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the show. Uh, if you guys want to drop us a line on Instagram, on Twitter, we are on Instagram at the underscore shot callers. We are on Twitter at shot show. 
please send us an email with any kind of listener question like the man Kyle used to do all the time at mm-hmm. show at gmail.com. That is show at gmail.com. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be found, please leave us a rating and a review. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us grow the show and get to a wider audience. So uh, for myself, for Kyle, for Robin, thank you guys for joining the show. We are signing off. We will see you guys next time.